Welcome to the latest episode of the Odds On Podcast, your home of football and sports betting. My name's Dan Tracy, and for the next 45 minutes, I'm joined by two top guests as we dissect all the numbers, look for the value, and find those long shots before this weekend's football action. As I say, it's not just me on the show today, so before we start waxing lyrical about wagers, let's get the introductions out of the way. First up, I'm joined by James Caps. James, it's a pleasure to have you on the show again. How have you been this past fortnight? Yeah, very well, thank you. I took the opportunity to briefly see friends and family, but now that's out of the way, I can disappear for another six months. Well played. Yes, the international breaks are thankfully out of the way. But last and certainly not least is Jamie Brown. Jamie, I hope all is well. How have you been this past two weeks? Yeah, really good. Thanks, Dan. And of course, you know, Premier League action back this weekend and uh, lots of exciting games. We've got the North London derby and the Manchester derby as well. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to kind of talking about them on this show. Yeah, I think the fixture computer has done us very well this week. So I'm looking forward to chatting all things Premier League and more in just a moment. That's all the intros out of the way. Let's get down to business. And of course, before we start, wherever you bet, check first with freebets.com, your best place for offers, tips and insights. And from a social media point of view, if you're placing any bets this weekend, let us know via the odds on podcast hashtag. And who knows, we may be discussing your winners on next week's show. Okay, where should we start first? We can only go to the Emirates and the small matter of the North London derby. James, it is Arsenal who are top before the weekend's action gets underway. Will that still be the case by 2.30 on Saturday? Yeah, I think it will. I think there's very little between the two sides at present. The derby game is typically a cagey affair. Then throw in the fact that an away side has won this fixture just once in 15 games and you have a match that looks like it's going to be tight. I won't go out of my way to back a win for Arsenal. I do think they're still a bit undercooked for a title tilt. And games like this, they will find tough. Spurs as well, I've lost just once in 10 away. So my gut says the draw here and you can get that at 5-2. to two. Now, Jamie, obviously, you're going to be backing Tottenham to win. There's no doubt about that. However, is this a stance that comes simply because you're a Spurs fan or would you genuinely be putting money on such an outcome? Yeah, look, I, I can't see Spurs getting a win here. Um, as, as James mentioned, I think in this fixture, it's always very tricky for the away side. Spurs have failed to win at the Emirates in the league since 2010. They've lost seven of their last 11 visits there. And of course, as again, James mentioned, it's been a long time since an away team last won this fixture in the league. It was Arsenal back in 2014. They won 1-0 at, at White Hart Lane. So the away team always going to struggle to kind of come away with the win here. But... You know, very evenly matched at the moment between these two. Obviously, just one point separating both in the league at the moment. And I kind of think that's how it'll be reflected on the pitch on the weekend as well. I think we will see kind of a, a really close game. Um, so I kind of like the look of the draw. I mean, we've also seen Spurs go away to Stamford Bridge and pick up a point. So I think Conte can set up Spurs to get something from this game. Don't think it's going to be a, a win, but I do think I can see it. See a draw happening here. Um, you get both teams to score and a draw at ten to three, which is is probably what, the way I'd go. Also, draw uh, just a simple draw, thirteen to five as well. So, um, yeah, I think for me, a draw is is definitely the way to go here. Yeah, I mean, if I put my Tottenham hat on, if someone's to offer me the draw before kickoff, I think you'd take it. Being away, that's not a bad point at all. It keeps Arsenal in touching distance early on. You still got a home North London derby to come later in the season. You know, worst case scenario, if Tottenham do lose, I don't think it defines their season, but it will strengthen Arsenal's own 
potential title tilt and probably weaken Tottenham's at the same time. So still a lot to play for, even early on. But as I say, if Tottenham get a draw, I think they'll take that. But, James, a few weeks ago, I mentioned penalties being scored in terms of a potential bet. You can have Arsenal on Saturday at 4-1 to or Tottenham at 11-2 to to score from 12 yards. Do either of these take your fancy? Well, we've had a couple of penalties in the last four meetings between the two, so certainly worse bets out there for us to back either of those bets you mentioned. They're probably back Spurs, mainly due to them having such a cast-iron spot-kick taker in Harry Kane. He just never looks like missing from 12 yards, and with the AR being in the mix, 11-2 to does look like a big price for the away side. Yeah, I think it does, actually. As you say, not the worst bet that will be placed this weekend. But, Jamie, in terms of goals, the subplot is going to be Gabriel Jesus versus Harry Kane. Would you be backing either to get on the score sheet? Would you even be brave enough to select either to be the first scorer at the Emirates? Yeah, look, I probably won't be brave enough to go for a first goal scorer here. But I think in terms of an anytime goal scorer, I'd actually be looking at Heung-Min Son here. Um, obviously, he had a tricky start to the season. But we saw in the last game, he obviously got that hat-trick. He scored twice for South Korea over the international break. So he kind of seems to be coming back into form a little bit. So I think as well, after that hat-trick, I think he's definitely going to be back in the um, the starting lineup as well. So, yeah, I'd re- I do like the look of Sun here to kind of get on the score sheet any time. He's 13-5 to, uh, to, to do so. Uh, but as I said, he just seems like a player who does seem to be coming back into form. I'm expecting him to, to start again. So um, I think that that's probably the way I'd go for an anytime goal scorer. Okay then, where should we go next? Let's go to the Vitality Stadium. I mean, the Bournemouth job still up for grabs at the time of recording. It's now Chris Wilder who's the favourite out of four to nine. Now, James, would you be placing your money on the Borough boss? Yeah, interesting on this. Wilder was as short as one to five over the weekend. We then had sections of local media up in Teesside and indeed on the South Coast saying that Wilder wasn't going anywhere. But despite that, this story isn't going away. So you do start to wonder. If there's something to it, I suppose if you have some intel about him potentially heading south, then Fortaline isn't a bad price. And there doesn't appear to be much talk about alternatives. So I think that bet might have one or two takers over the next few days. Well, Jamie, let's look at an alternative, that being Gary O'Neill, because he's unbeaten since taking the interim reins at the Vitality. He's still odds of two to one. If he was to get the better of Brentford on Saturday, could that secure the job for the former QPR man? Yeah, look, you said there, three games unbeaten so far. Obviously, not been easy fixtures either. I mean, obviously, away at Newcastle, away at Forest as well, and against a fairly decent Wolves side. Um, so, I think, you know, he's done well so far. We said, uh, what well, I certainly said in the last show, you know, if, if he was to get that win at St. James's Park, then it, it probably would kind of get him the job. Obviously, it was a draw in the end. But, look, I, th- I think he's been really impressive so far. And, look, you look at their run of fixtures, he could certainly put a good run together. And, and that would, you know, you'd, you'd have to think that probably would earn him the job. Got a run of fixtures at home to Brentford. They're then away at Leicester um, and Fulham. And then they've got Southampton at home. So, you know, you look at those four games and you think that that's some great opportunities to really pick up quite a few points. And, you know, you consider the form they've been in. I think I think this is a fairly good shout. Um, you know, at two to one, I think it's, it's, it's fairly decent, especially if you consider that he could put a run together. So um, I do actually quite like this one a lot. Now, James, let's expand on that point in a bit more detail. It is five points from the first nine on offer to O'Neill. Would you be backing him to get at least a point and make it four games unbeaten when they host Brentford on Saturday at odds of 8-13 to with that double chance claxon? Uh, I wouldn't 
be in a rush to back it myself. <laughs> Brentford did go into the international break on the back of a 3-0 home defeat to Arsenal. But that aside, they've been very good this season. They'll also have a fresh Ivan Tony to call upon after he was inexplicably left out of both Nations League games by a certain Gareth Southgate. You look at the two squads generally, and I think there's a clear golf here in clash. You can get Brentford at 5-4 to four for the away win here, and I think that's good value. I think one thing to consider with this Bournemouth manager market is the talk of the takeover. They're kind of in a holding pattern until that happens. Because if you look at Maxim Denham, he's not going to be responsible for appointing someone now if a new owner comes in. It's kind of, do you wait? Do you stick or twist? Look at Sean Dyche, for example, was favourite when we chat about this two weeks or so ago. He's dropped down. Maybe he's thinking, well, I've been burnt by new owners before with Burnley. I'm not sure if I want to go through the same process at Bournemouth. So these kind of bets are... They are logical, but at the same time, it might be all moot if a new owner has other ideas. But Jamie, let's talk about ideas in terms of goals on the South Coast. What takes your interest when it comes to the over-under market at the Vitality? Yeah, well, look, obviously a lot of FPL managers will kind of be looking at this fixture and, and the two strikers in this one, Ivan Tony and, and Dominic Solanke, of course, two guys who, you know, have, have obviously been in decent form this season. Ivan Tony, as, as James mentioned, he's going to be wanting to kind of get on the score sheet, having been left out the squad in, in both games and really try and prove a point. I think Solanke is a guy who, you know, he has, you know, he's proven that he can do it in the Premier League as well. So I think that that'd be interesting. So both teams do have fire, firepower in that sense. Um, you know, both teams have also been involved in a decent amount of goals recently. You know, in the two of the last three fixtures, both teams have ended in over 2.5 goals. So that's the way I'm going to go here and uh, you can get that at evens. That's a very good shout, actually. Right, next up, we're going bet building. And after our last attempt, we've got our first winner. Hooray! Yes, exactly. £43.33 in the back pocket. It's not massive, but it's a start. So congratulations to the three of us for making good on our Tottenham Leicester bet builder of a two weeks ago. But now we go to another Saturday evening Premier League clash. It's West Ham versus Wolves, which means, James, as always, I'd like an anytime goal scorer from you. Yeah, safe to say there isn't a huge plethora of options in this fixture when it comes to picking up a goal scorer, but I'm going to go for Gianluca Schimacca. I think the Italian's physicality is well suited against an often stingy Wolves defence. You can get them at 9-4 to four to find them at any time. Fantastic. And Jamie, as always, the over-under on the goals, please. Yeah, look, obviously on the last couple of shows, I've gone very big and I've got, usually gone for over 3.5 goals. But definitely for this one, I think it's, it's going to be a low scoring affair. Um, you know, both teams have only scored three goals all season. So, yeah, I think that kind of says everything about this fixture. Um, so I'm going to go with the form in that sense and I'm going to go for under 2.5 goals here um, at 8 to 11. Yeah, I had a hunch you weren't going to go big with this one. But I will go with cards. Last time I went for... Both teams to get two or more cards, no. This time I'm going to go with just total cards. And I'm going to go with under four. So a maximum of three total cards will do for me. And let's just recap now. James has gone for Gianluca Scamacca to score any time. Jamie has gone for under 2.5 total goals. And I have gone for a maximum of three total cards between the two teams. That means £10 in, odds of, wait for it, 18 to 1. That's massive. And I think that's actually quite an overpriced. So I would be having a bit of that myself and more importantly if that comes in like last time 190 pound in the pot forget your 43 pound 33 we're going really big this week and i hope that one works for both us and you right let's have a quick chat about the game itself now james west ham have only scored three goals this season wolves aren't known for an abundance of goals themselves do all roads lead to under 2.5 total goals on saturday 
Yeah, I think so. These two played out slender 1-0 wins apiece in their two meetings last season. And with the stats you mentioned there, I don't hold much hope for any Saturday night fireworks. I think this one might well be settled by a single goal once again. And with under 2.5 goals, worse than evens, I think it's worth dipping down to under 1.5. Some added value at 23-10. to 10. A good spot there. Jamie, in terms of West Ham, why do you think it hasn't clicked this season? Is it as simple as the early rigours of Thursday slash Sunday football? Or do you think it goes a little deeper than that? Yeah, well, I, th I think the big thing at the moment is they seem to be relying on Mikel Antonio for getting the goals. Um, you know, he's he's clearly not a guy who's, who's prolific in front of goals. So, you know, that could uh, that could force Gamaka to come into the team on the weekend for sure. Um, you know, I, th I think you look at their other attackers as well. I think they're all fairly decent attackers, but, you know, are they good enough to kind of do it on a consistent basis? So, you know, that's been another issue for them. You know, and then and then I think you're right in terms of maybe it does come down to a bit fatigue as well. You know, is this West Ham squad good as a whole to really kind of manage that Thursday, Sunday football? We've seen, you know, teams struggle in the past to kind of really, really juggle that. I think it was, you know, it was Burnley that obviously that one year when they got into the Europa League and, and it just kind of really, really hurt them. Um, and they just couldn't, they weren't able to juggle um, Thursday, Sunday football. So it's, it's really tricky to manage that. So... Yeah, I, I think it's kind of a, a case of, you know, having to rely on, on the likes of Antonio for getting the goals, you know, the consistent attackers not being quite good enough. Um, and then, of course, you know, as, as we said, you know, that Thursday, Sunday is always very tricky. They obviously had a, a long season last year, you know, going all the way to the semi-finals in the Europa League. So I think it probably comes down to a bit of fatigue, you know, lack of quality as well. So um, that's that's probably what I'd put it down to. Well, James, as for Wolves, they're not much better off either. If they lose on Saturday, they will drop down into the bottom three. Will this only apply more pressure on the shoulders of Bruno Large? Yeah, he could do with some results, but he hasn't been dealt the easiest of hands in the last couple of months. Perhaps self-inflicted, but his change of system will take time to bear fruit. He's also had rotten luck with injuries in forward areas. They lost Sasa Kaladzic to a long-term knee injury on the Austrians' debut a couple of weeks ago. And Raul Jimenez just hasn't looked the same since his injury a while back. I think they'll be OK. I can't see them falling into any real relegation danger. But I think it's likely to be a bottom-half finish, which would lead to trouble for Bruno. Well, I think you've got to factor in also their slump towards the end of last season. Wolves aren't here just to make up the numbers in the Premier League. They're not going to settle for 17th in terms of their owners. They want to be breaking through the glass ceiling, getting into Europe on a regular basis. I don't think they're really going to settle for mid-table malaise and I think that might cause more issues for Bruno Large. And Jamie, with that, with that in mind, do that again. And Jamie, with that in mind, he's currently 8-1 to one to go in terms of the next Premier League manager. Would you be tempted in backing him if defeat does follow on Saturday or would you keep your powder dry till the outcome of Leicester, Nottingham Forest on Monday? Yeah, well, obviously the big thing at the moment they just aren't seeming to pick up results. But um, look, I think I think the consensus amongst most Wolves fans is they do like this manager. So I, I do think in that sense he will be given some time. Obviously there have been some fairly decent performances, and I think as well, you know, we've seen a number of players kind of come into that team over the summer and, and probably going to be given a bit of time to gel. But I, th I think you kind of you know make an interesting caveat there with you know waiting for that Leicester game. I think that that is going to be you know the really big one. If they don't pick up a result against Forest Leicester, then I think you know Brendan Rodgers' job is is certainly in in serious danger. So um, yeah, I, I I think you're right. It's probably worth waiting until that that Monday night fixture because I think Brendan Rodgers is is the manager that is under the most pressure for sure. Yeah, watch this space until the end of the week. But it's time for our long shot Acker now. We go anywhere in the world. 
in the search for odds between 2-1 to one and 5-1. to one. And Jamie, as always, you're up first this week. What have you got for me? Yeah, I'm going to go for the Bundesliga leaders at the moment, Union Berlin, and I'm going to go for them to win away at Frankfurt. Um, you get that at 9-4, obviously, as I said. They've made a fantastic start to the season, Union Berlin, and uh, I'm backing them to, to, to get three points on the weekend. Top shout. And James, what have you got up your sleeve? Well, I'm heading to the Championship, where Blackpool have scored in only one of their last four games at home, none of which they've won, by the way. And next up, they face a Norwich side that have won four of its last five, so I like the Canaries win to nil at 23-10. to 10. Fantastic. My pick is going to be Fulham to beat Newcastle at odds of 11-5. to 5. I actually think Newcastle are overpriced going into this game. They're favourites, but they've not won since the opening day. The last six matches, they've drawn five, so they're solid, but they're not really living up to the hype of being this best of the rest, this seventh-place team. I'm not quite seeing it as late. And when you add home advantage to Mitrovic and company, I'm going to go for a home win on Saturday. And of course, check out freebets.com for all the latest offers and enhanced odds from all the leading bookmakers. Right, there's a full Premier League schedule this weekend, so let's dive into a few more Saturday encounters now. And we start with another London derby, Crystal Palace versus Chelsea. James, the Eagles have not won any of their last three. Does that run extend to four on Saturday? I think it probably does, but it's not a game I'll be rushing to stick in an accumulator this weekend. It's, of course... Graham Potter's first Premier League game in charge of Chelsea, so we don't exactly know how they'll line up for this one. Well, Palace do have history for being hard to beat at home. Both sides could be rusty after the international break, but Chelsea haven't played Premier League football for four weeks, so it may take some time to get up to speed. And with that in mind, I quite like the draw at Selhurst Park, which can get at 11-4. to But a quick word of warning on that, Chelsea have won all of the last 10 meetings with Palace, so don't be surprised to see that one happen again. Well, Jamie, in terms of Palace, they're another team that hasn't really clicked this season. With that in mind, do you like the look of Chelsea to win on the road or odds of 5-6? to six? Yeah, look, I, I think it's probably not one I'd be looking to kind of jump on a Chelsea win here. I think regardless of form, Selhurst Park's obviously always a tricky place to go. And, and, you know, especially considering some of the players that Palace do have in their ranks. Having said that, I think you probably do have to consider Palace's form somewhat at the moment. Obviously, been pretty poor recently. Um, so I can kind of see this being a slender win for the Blues here. Um, I think Chelsea to win by one goal at 5-2 is fairly decent. But as I said, it's, it's, it's going to be a very tricky one to call, just given the fact that Selhurst Park's always a, a difficult place to go. So, uh, yeah, this is one I'd definitely be kind of very cautious with. Now, James, both teams have conceded nine goals each before Saturday's encounter. Would you be tempted to back at least a goal each at Selhurst Park, something which is currently priced at odds of 10 to 11? Yeah, I think I would. Palace have only failed to score once at home in the Premier League since April, while Chelsea have plenty of goals in them when they get things right, and they will be keen to impress Graham Potter when he makes his Blues Premier League bow this weekend. They've also scored in each of the last 17 games against the Eagles, so safe to say I fancy a few goals in the capital this weekend. However, Jamie, this one's a bit of a flip of the coin because you can actually get 10 to 11 on both teams not scoring. If you had to pick from the two choices, what would you be going for? Yeah, look, I, I think I probably would go for both teams to score here. As I mentioned, I do think Chelsea will just edge this one. Um, but I think Palace are, are capable of putting up a strong fight. Um, so I can see Palace kind of getting involved in the goals as well. Um, I Chelsea, of course, I, I think are more than capable of scoring in this one. So, um, and Graham Potter, he's had plenty of time now to kind of work with it with it, with his players. Obviously, it's been a while since they've last been in action with their game against Liverpool being postponed, and you know the international break. So, um, yeah, I th think we'll see an improved Chelsea side on the weekend here. Again, I, I do think Palace are going to put up somewhat of a fight, but uh, I think Chelsea will get just, just about get the better of them. But we will still both teams to score. 
Okay, let's move over to West London now. I've given my opinion as Fulham play host to Newcastle. James, as I mentioned, Fulham are actually the outsiders at 11-5. to Do you share my mindset or are you going against that? Yeah, I think it's a potentially generous price. And if this bet was the other side of 2-1 to one at something like 7-4, to four, then you'd still be tempted. So the fact it's 11-5 to five makes it a pretty clear value bet for punters who are so inclined. But again, though, it's one of many fixtures in the Premier League this weekend that is very tough to call. Fulham have been impressive so far this season, but Newcastle have become a really tough nut to crack in recent months. And I think this might be a tight one. Under 2.5 goals looks a good bet to me at evens, especially if Alexander Izak fails to recover from injury for the Geordies. But at the risk of sounding like a broken record, my gut says draw here at 5-2. to two. Now, Jamie, I just mentioned both teams to score in the clash at Selhurst Park. Fulham have scored 12 and conceded 11 thus far. You can get odds of 7-10 to 10 for at least a goal each in West London. Would you be keen on this? Yeah, well, I, th- I think the injury news from a Newcastle perspective is, is probably going to be something to take into consideration here. Obviously, it looks like they're not going to have Callum Wilson, St Maximin and, and Isaac um, for this game. You know, they've only scored three goals in the last four matches and those goals were scored by Isaac and, and St Maximin. So, um, you know, to have those two missing, I think it's difficult to kind of see where goals are going to come from for Newcastle for this one. So, um, I actually don't think I would back both teams to score here just simply because I just don't know, you know, with, with um, no Isaac, no St Maximin, no no Callum Wilson, I think it's, it's going to be difficult to see where Newcastle score here. Well, when you add that weight of injury to my logic, I think really 11-5 to 5 sounds an even better price. But enough about me, let's talk about goal scorer bets now. The prospect of Alexander Mitrovic netting one against his former employers is an interesting subplot before the weekend. James, is 13-8 to 8 enough to pique your interest? Well, my advice to anyone when they're offered 13 to 8 for Mitrovic to score in a home game against the side outside the top six is to take it, even against the Newcastle side that give very little away. The Serbian was in brilliant scoring form during the international break. He bagged a hat trick against Sweden last Saturday before netting against Norway in midweek. So he's a man with a scoring touch at present, and he's well worth a bet this weekend, too, I think. And Jamie, in terms of the flow of the game across all 90 minutes, how do you see this one panning out in terms of the half time, full time market? Yeah, I look when I think you've got a player like Alexandra Mitrovic in your team. I think you you know you're gonna have there's certainly gonna be goals there, um, and I actually think Fulham will win this one. I think that you know I, I think they're capable of you know taking the lead early on or certainly in the first half, and I think they'll hold it. So um, I do like the look of Fulham a half time and then a full time win as well um, at four to one. I think that's fairly good value, especially when you consider again the team news in Newcastle and, and kind of the form they're in at the moment. So um, yeah, Fulham both halves at four to one is I think it's a nice shout. OK, let's go to Anfield now as Liverpool play host to Brighton and the sound of eighth playing host to fourth sounds rather strange. Now, James, can Roberto De Zerbi get off to the perfect start as the new manager of the Seagulls? Well, I'm not going to tell the man that he can't, but I certainly don't see it. This is a Liverpool side that can only really deal in wins if they want to get themselves back in the title hunt. And they'll see this Brighton outfit as one that will be low on morale after losing Graham Potter and think they'll take advantage. Don't get me wrong, though. There is still plenty to like about this Seagull side, but I do think they'll dip a bit. They've got a very tough October fixture-wise, so it's going to be a real baptism of fire over the next few weeks for the new boss. It is just two clean sheets and eight for the Reds, though, so while I do think a home win is in order, I think you're best off pairing it with both teams, scoring for a healthy 19-10 to 10 double. Now, Jamie, the last time these two sides met at Anfield, it was a two-all draw 11 months ago. You can get 20-1 to 1 on the same scoreline happening this Saturday. That might just be wishful thinking, but could a point be part of Brighton's equation at the weekend? 
Yeah, look, I mean, I'm excited to see how they do get on. Obviously, I do think they have an, you know, an exciting team. Um, you know, we have seen that under Graham Potter, and I, I do think you know the new manager is going to be able to continue that. So, um, yeah, as I said, interesting to see how they do get on. But unfortunately, here I do think it will be defeat for them. I think Liverpool, yes, they are slightly out of sorts at the moment, but I still think that they're going to be too strong for for a Brighton side who are probably just going to be getting a, getting going under their new manager. So, um, yeah, I, I think a Liverpool win is, is is certainly the way to go here. It probably is, but let's say if you had a free bet in your pocket for the weekend, I don't think Brighton double chance is the worst option you could pick. I feel Liverpool aren't quite there yet. Yes, they've had an international break to sort themselves out, but players would have been also gallivanting across the world representing their own country. So you just don't quite know Liverpool. They're not, you know, the the aura, the well-beaten team they had a couple of seasons ago. They're just not quite there. So you like the thought of a new manager bouncing all of that. Yes, Brighton have lost their coaching staff as well, so... There's a lot of change to happen, but I don't know. I just like to see the apple cart upset at times. And I think Brighton, at a double chance, maybe with a free bet, maybe with the last pound in your pocket, that might not be the worst bet to place this weekend. But let's go to Southampton now as they prepare to face our good friends Everton. And James, with Everton unbeaten in their last five, how does 12-5 to sound in terms of them picking up maximum points on the South Coast? It's got some potential, for sure. We love giving this Everton side flack, but there's no doubt they're improving under Frank Lampard. They've made some decent signings and they look like a much stronger proposition now, particularly without the ball. And I think that will stand them in good stead against the Southampton side that does lack a bit of guile in midfield. And up front, they've only scored once in the last four games. Everton, though, have let me down far too many times in the past when backing them for a win. So I'll give them some double chance love instead. The Toffees win or draw is available at three to four. Get the claps and press. Now, Jamie, the Saints have lost their last two league outings and failed to score in both. Would you be tempted to back under 1.5 Southampton goals or to 4-6 to six before Saturday? Yeah, well, look, obviously you have to consider as well, Lampard, he seems to have sorted out Everton's backline quite nicely at the moment. You know, they've managed to keep clean sheets in their last two games against Liverpool and West Ham. You mentioned there as well, Southampton, they failed to score in their last two. So, um, you, you know, you've got to kind of back Southampton to, to not score too many uh, for this one. So, uh, yeah, under 1.5 goals for Southampton is, is, is pretty much certain the way to go. Now, Everton fans, if you are listening, let's do an amnesty. If you win at the weekend, we'll no longer give you the kicking that you've got over the last 30-odd episodes. I feel if you go unbeaten in six, you're not really... A team in crisis at all. There's far worse teams in the Premier League at present. So we'll do you a deal. If you do us good at the weekend, we'll stop the knocking. Let's leave it at that. Right, let's move on though, because now it's time for a correct score bet from you both. It doesn't matter where it is in the world. I just want that outcome spot on. So Jamie, I'll start with you this week. What have you got for me? Yeah, look, I've obviously been fairly sensible with some much out so far, so I'd, I'm going to go fairly big for this one. And I'm going to look at the Manchester derby. Um, I'm going to back lots of goals for this one. I'm going to go for a 3-2 win for Manchester City. Obviously, we've seen City produce, an, or certainly their games produce, a number of goals recently. Obviously, you know, what the 4-2 the win over Palace brings to mind as well. So um, I think we're going to see a high-scoring game here. And uh, yeah, I'm going to go for a 3-2 win, uh, win for Manchester City. Um, and you can get that at 22-1. to Blimey, the shackles are well and truly off there. And James, what correct score are you hoping for this weekend? 
Yep, I'm popping back to the South Coast, actually, for Bournemouth versus Brentford. I think we'll have an entertaining game for what it's worth. Bournemouth trying to build on their run of form, but ultimately I think Brentford have a bit too much up top for the Cherries. So I fancy them to sneak this 2-1, which is a scoreline that you can back at odds of 9-1. to Fantastic. And check out freebets.com for the best insights and betting tips ahead of this weekend. Right, there's three more Premier League encounters to mop up now as we head to the Manchester Derby first. And James, with City unbeaten this season and United having won each of their last four in the league, what is the tale of the tape in this one? Well, it's not too often we say this ahead of a Manchester Derby, but this weekend we have two sides heading to this one in good form. Starting with City, they haven't lost in 19 Premier League games. Well, United have won their last four domestic games, so one or two punters may well see that and think that the Red Devils are worth a play, but... I'm not going to fall into that trap. City are still streets ahead of their Mancunian counterparts for me. They remain much stronger in all departments. And I like a win to nil here at 13-8. to eight. United showing plenty of improvement in attacking areas, but I think they'll come unstuck here. Now, Jamie, you may have just hinted at this with your scoreline, but when you look at City's odds of 1-3 to three to win, and the fact it is a derby match, are those odds just a little too short to be backing Pep Guardiola's men to win at the Etihad's? Yeah, I think it's slightly harsh on on a resurgent Manchester United team. Um, you know, I think United are going to be pretty decent this year. Obviously, last couple of years have been very tricky for them. We've seen them pick up some pretty embarrassing results. Um, but I don't think that's going to be the case this season. I think they'll probably make a good account of themselves on the weekend against Manchester City. But look, I, I think, again, James made the point there. They are stronger than them in all departments, City. So, um I, I, as much as I, as much as I, I, I do like the look of Manchester United, I just think that City are going to be too strong for them here. So, you know, again, I probably wouldn't wouldn't want to put money on this one, but uh, I, I think a Man City win is is the way to go. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right in the sense that City to win is the way to go. But at that price, coupled with it being a derby, there's too many red flags around it that makes you think, "Oh, I'm not going to rush and put that on my accumulator." There's no value in that at all. So. We'll focus away from the actual outcome, but let's actually focus now on goals. Because, James, once again, we legally have to reference Erling Haaland. Now, backing him to score at any time is too easy now, so I've upped the stakes a little bit. Can you get into your mind the thought of two goals or more by the Norwegian on Sunday? Odds of 13-5. to Do you like the sound of that one? Well, I mean, you won't get me telling people to lay any Harlan scoring bet, but that said, it is a bit stingy in the odds department. No doubt that people will back it, but Manchester United have started to show some form defensively. Lissandro Martinez has improved them at the back, and their record is good with Rafael Varane at the heart of defence too. I've tipped a City win to nil, but I don't think he'll be a hiding for Eriksen Hag's man. Maybe a 1-0 or 2-0 job, which just puts me off backing Harlan to score more than once. Now, Jamie, this is an encounter that lends itself to plenty of goals. As you said, you're hoping for 3-2. So that means in the over-under, you're hoping for over 5.5. Is that true? Yeah, look, I I think as well, I do think there will be lots of goals. You know, Hurling Haaland, we mentioned there. I think he's a guy who I'm going to have as my FPL captain this week. Um, As I said, I do think there is going to be lots of goals here. Um, Over 3.5 goals is is 11 to 10. Obviously, not not the greatest of value, but, you know, a nice way to maybe increase a City win is is adding City win and over 3.5 goals. And that's at 8 to 5. That's a very good price. So let's stay on Sunday now as Leeds play host to Aston Villa and James... There's no Jesse Marsh on the touchline for the host. Is that going to be a problem when it comes to the match odds at Ellen Road? Well, he is a manager that puts his heart and soul on the line on match day. So perhaps Leeds will miss that energy from the touchline. But in the grand scheme of things, I don't think it'll be a big issue. As far as the game itself is concerned, though, I have it down as a coin flip. Yes, Villa 
have had their struggles this season, but there's no doubt in their individual quality and that morale-boosting win over Southampton before the international break will have done them the world of good. Leeds, on the other hand, winless in the league since beating Chelsea at Ellen Roads in August, were hammered 5-2 by Brentford last time out and failed to beat Villa last season, including a 3-0 defeat to them on home soil in March of this year. So I actually think the visitors are where the value is this weekend. They look a tempting price at 23-10. to well, Jamie, Aston Villa have picked up four points from the last six on offer. With no Marsh to fire leads into action, could Stevie G's men get at least a point? Would you perhaps fancy the draw no bet at odds of 11 to 10? For me, with this one, I, I think this one is definitely going to be a draw. I just I think that's the way here. Um, I think Villa, I still think they've been pretty uninspiring this season. Obviously, it was you know only a 1-0 victory over Southampton in their last game at home. So again, that you know obviously it was a win, but still slightly uninspiring there. I think a trip to Ellen Road is always still going to be tricky. Um, but you know, you look at the Leeds' perspective. Obviously, as you said, no no Jesse Mars in the dugout. You know, they've obviously only won twice all season. Um, so yeah, I, for me, I do think it is going to be a draw. Leeds as well, they've been pretty decent at home. They are undefeated in in their three home games so far. So I like the look of both teams to score in a draw here at uh, three to one. Right, let's go to Monday night football now. And with Leicester play host to Nottingham Forest, this is a huge game for differing reasons. James, we all know the obvious regarding Brendan Rodgers. He's still in charge after that 6-2 mauling by Spurs. Does he now need to repay the board's faith by winning? And can he do that at odds of 7-10? to Well, it's a horrible game to pick a winner from, isn't it? Both sides have lost four in a row and have conceded bucket loads of goals. But I actually thought Leicester played well for large parts of that mauling from Spurs last time out. The scoreline was pretty harsh on a side that gave the host plenty of problems. And I think against local opposition, they can build on that. I do like Brendan Rodgers. I want him to get out this rut. And as a Derby fan, I need no excuse to lay Forrest. So I'm going for the Leicester win and both score double at 23-10. to No bias there at all. But Jamie, Nottingham Forest, they've lost their last four. They conceded 14 goals in the process. Six of those were to fellow promoted sides. If they lose on Monday, they go bottom. Is this something that you envisage? Yeah, we'll look on on that Tottenham game, obviously, when they lost 6-2. Um, I think James is right. Probably looked a little bit harsh and, uh, and you know, didn't quite reflect how the game went. Um, I think it kind of got to a stage where, you know, Leicester were 3-2 down and maybe they really kind of, you know, threw a lot of players forward and that obviously allowed Spurs a lot of space to kind of really capitalise on. But yeah, look, James said it there. It's, it's, this one feels really difficult to call at this stage. You know, it's, it's surely it kind of, you know, back in Leicester to kind of get the win is, is tricky to call. Um, but look, equally, I think Forrest have been a side that are going to struggle this season. I've, you know, I've mentioned it on a couple of podcasts now. I just think they have looked fairly uninspiring um, recently. So, um, yeah, look, I'm, I'm still going to be brave here and I will go for a Leicester win just because I, I, I'm with James. I thought they played really well against Spurs. So, um, yeah, I'm going to go for a Leicester win here and both teams to score, as you mentioned. Lots of goals in this one. Um, you can get that at 9-4. to four. Yeah, I think a Leicester win is just around the corner. They need it more than Nottingham Forest. I think Forest have not only had their issues in defence, they're not quite there in attack. Add the combination of, what, 22-odd players coming in. You don't know who's going to be playing from week to week. There's no cohesion in the team. That will come, but it needs to come quickly. And I just feel that, as I say, Leicester have given Brendan Rodgers some faith. I think now's the time for him to repay it. I feel that... 6-2 was probably flattering on Tottenham two weeks ago. So when you add all those combination of factors together, I think Leicester might just edge this one. But James, with that in mind, would you go for over 3.5 total goals at odds of 13-8 to 8 on Monday? 
Yeah, absolutely. Not only have Forest conceded 14 in their last four, but Leicester's defensive record is exactly the same over that period. Over 3.5 has been a winner too in four of the last five meetings, so it looks a good bet. I'd like it to be north of 2-1, to one, but hey, you can't have everything in life, can you? And I do still think it's worth backing at 13-8. to eight. And extending on that point, JB, you can also get Leicester to score in both halves at odds of 6-4. to four. Does this take your fancy? Yeah, well, look, you consider Leicester, Leicester, they are sat bottom of the league, but they have still scored 10 goals. You look at Nottingham Forest as well defensively. They've conceded 17. So, you know, you probably would you would back the Foxes to kind of score in both halves as well. You look at the players that Leicester have on show as well, the likes of Madison, Barnes, Tielemans, and obviously Dakar as well, and potentially Jamie Vardy to come in. So they've got goals in that team still. I said they've managed to get 10 goals in the seven games. So, yeah, I, I think that's a fairly good shout for them to score in both halves, especially when you also consider Nottingham Forest poor defence. Right, that's the Premier League wrapped up for another week. Let's drop in to the wonderful world of the EFL as Watford, wait for it, I've got another new manager. It's Slavin Bilic this time. His first task is a trip to Stoke on Sunday afternoon. James, will the Hornets rediscover their sting under the Croatian? Well, at the time of recording, Slavin Bilic <laughs> Manager. So we'll see how that plays out. But yeah, it is a tough starter for 10 for Billish. This is a Stoke side that, granted, haven't set the world alight yet under new boss Alex Neal. But they have shown one or two signs that they're moving in the right direction. Have also lost only twice at home in the last six months. So I'm in no great rush to back an away win for a visiting Watford side that have lost their mojo a little bit. The Hornets have drawn two of the last three, while three of Stoke's last five on home soil have ended all square. So I like the draw here at 9-4. to four. Well, Jamie, just a word about Billich's installation. Rob Edwards was given just 11 matches in charge after being prized from Forest Green. He probably got a nice payoff, but is he now regretting such a move? Yeah, well, look, it was it was certainly a brave appointment from the time, obviously, taking a manager from League Two up into the Championship. That's a very big kind of leap to make. Obviously, a high-risk, high-reward kind of um, appointment from Watford. And unfortunately for, for Edwards, it's kind of proved to be, or it's certainly shown why it was such a high-risk and Obviously, it kind of seemed like it was just too big a jump. Um, it does feel a bit harsh, though. Um, obviously, hasn't been given a great amount of time and, you know, obviously needed time to maybe come in and adjust to, the, to making such a big jump. And then, of course, you know, Watford, they lost a number of big names over the summer. So you've got a new whole new squad to work with and kind of get to gel as well in that sense. So it was maybe a bit harsh. But having said that, I do like the appointment of, of, of Bilic. Obviously, a manager who's, you know, experienced in this league. He's done well at West Brom. Obviously, he did well at West Ham as well. So, you know, I think they've obviously moved quickly because he's available. You know, he's a guy who, who's kind of done well in this league before he's proven. So, as as much as obviously, you know, we all laugh at, at Watford for, for making such a, you know, quick decision, I, th I think, it, it, you know, it could maybe prove to, prove to be a success because I think Bilic is, is, is a manager who's experienced in this league and, and has done well. Well, this is the irony, isn't it, that although Rob Edwards has been dealt a severely harsh set of cards, by installing Bilic, I think Watford are now going to be stronger. Now, when Edwards was appointed, there was a lot of talk about Watford finally changing tacks and saying, right, Yes, we've been a joke in the past, but we're now going to commit to a young manager, give him time and hopefully get back to the Premier League at the first time of asking. They've obviously panicked because Watford aren't running away with the league early on. You know, like Sheffield United are, are cut above. They wanted Watford to be that team. They're not. But you've got to remember with the Championship, there's so much ebb and flow. I mean, you look at Middlesbrough. They could quite easily get back into the playoffs under Chris Wilder quite quickly. Any other team in that position where Watford are, doesn't make that sacking. But we are where we are and Watford have once again pulled the trigger. Then again, you look at Slavin Bilic, he might do the job 
gets Watford to the Premier League and then he's off in eight games of the next season. But I guess he knows that. He's taken the job. And good luck to him because he'll need it at Vicarage Road. And I guess they're kind of beyond parody now. So all the jokes we've made in the past now have to stop. But we don't stop talking about the Championship because next up, Sheffield United play host to Birmingham. And James, at odds of 4-9, to nine, would this be going on your accumulator before the weekend? Well, the unpredictable nature of the Championship coupled with odds of worse than 1-2 to two, mean I will be swerving this one. It's also worth noting that Birmingham have picked up some decent results in recent weeks, including away wins at both West Brom and Preston. So certainly some food for thought for Chef Yu and the Blades are beating the Blues only once in the last seven meetings. So while I wouldn't be at all surprised to see a regulation home win by five o'clock on Saturday, it's not at the top of my Acker wish list for sure. Fair enough. And Jamie, hot on their heels are Norwich. They've not lost in their last seven league outings. They drew last time out, but this time they are away at Blackpool on Saturday. Odds of 10 to 11, would you fancy them to earn maximum points? Yeah, I, th- I think so. I mean, you consider Blackpool, they're obviously going to this one, 16th in the table. They've lost the last two and five in total. Meanwhile, Norwich, of course, second at the moment, you know, won six of the last seven matches. So, um, yeah, I, I think a Norwich win here is, is, uh, is definitely the way to go. Fantastic. Right, it's time for our final bit of business now, which is the odds on threefold. We all pick a leg each, combine it into an acker. Let's try and go for bets over one to two, but less than evens. And let's see if we can get another winner over the line. I'll go first this week. I'm going to go to La Liga as VRL travel to Cadiz. Although Cadiz won in their last league outing before the international break, they have only scored once this season. And the Yellow Submarine have had a rather bright start to their own campaign, which means I'm going to back the away win at odds of 11 to 20. James, you're up next. What have you got for me? Yeah, well, I've had some joy in League 2 so far in this segment, so I'll remain in the fourth tier for now, and I'm back in Stevenage this weekend, who have won eight of the last ten games and sit in the automatic promotion places. Next up for them is a trip to a Crawley side that has lost its last three games and won just once all season, so I like even money for the away win. James, as someone who was born in Crawley, we're going to fall out now, but let's move on. Jamie, what have you got up your sleeve? Yeah, look, I'm going to go for Syrian for my pick. Um, obviously, a really exciting league at the moment. You know, just five points separating the top seven teams. So I think the title race in, in Italy is going to be really exciting this year. And I'm going to go for the league leaders um, to win. Um, obviously, Napoli uh, to win at home to Torino. You can get that three to five. You know, we've seen Napoli, obviously, fantastic this season. You know, won the last three matches and uh, I'm backing them to do the same again here. Top shout there. Right, that brings us to full time, so I just need to do the admin before we wrap up. As mentioned before, if any of these bets take your fancy, make sure to visit the free bets website. And now, I just need to thank my duo of top guests. James, thanks for joining me this afternoon. I hope you enjoyed that one. It indeed. Cheers, Dan. And James, thanks for your time and sharing your betting insights with me. Thanks, Dan. All good. Cheers, guys. And also to the listeners out there. And with that said, it just leaves me to say... That my name's Dan Tracy, this is the Odds On Podcast, and until next time, goodbye. (laughs) 